So the question today is this. And Scott, come on up here. Scott was supposed to preach this hour last Sunday. But he couldn't stand up straight because of his back. So today the question kind of follows, where do you live? I sort of ask it in a different sense. So I want to see how Scott asks it now. Okay. I appreciate Pastor Bobby, uh, his remarks about Jamie Hobbs and, um, and uh, what he meant to all of us here at the gathering and his contribution to the Morning Glory Band. Uh, we sure enjoyed having him with us. Uh, he was with us at the very beginning, uh, uh, the formation of the Morning Glory Band. And because we played the early bird service, uh, we needed a name and, and it was Jamie that came up with the name Morning Glory Band. And, um, and it, you know, it stuck. Uh, and Jamie was always uh, just a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, his harmonica will miss it. I've already, songs that, that we do, and I can hear his harp in it. I'm like, where are we going to get that harp sound, you know? Uh, so, Jamie, we need you. <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> We're going to miss him, but we're just, we know he's with the Lord. We know he has the victory, and that gives us hope, right? Amen. Well, we're going to talk about abiding in Jesus today. I like Bobby's uh, take on it. Where do you live? And, um, but I want, to, I want to look at the uh, passage in John chapter 15, and we'll read that. Um, and it says this, we're reading verses one through eight. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers." They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word that you've given us. We just thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for saving us, from ta for taking our sins away and just casting them as far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more. We just thank you. There's no condemnation to those that are in Jesus, Lord, that we can know the Father's love, your mercy, your grace, your fellowship, and your presence. And I just pray everyone here, Lord, will, will, will know you, know you, Jesus. And I just pray, God, right now, speak to our hearts as we look in your word. And Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us into all truth. Open our eyes and show us Jesus. And we all ask this in Jesus' name. God's people said, 
Um, when I read this chapter, uh, uh, I thought of a song. Of course, I always do that, it seems like. But this is a song we used to sing in our church, and it's about abiding in the vine. So it's a hand-clapping song, and it goes, I found a new way of living. I found a new life divine. Got with me. I have the fruit of the Spirit. I'm abiding, abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine, abiding in the vine. Love, joy, health, peace. He has made them mine. I have prosperity, power, and victory. Abiding, abiding in the vine. Woo! Anyway. <laughs> And I, I love that song. Um, we would uh, uh, sing that often, but uh, it really talks about um, when we abide in Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit that is ours. Um, <clears throat> but um, you know, that's what we we are we are you're abiding somewhere, and and that's what's in the question: Where do you live? Where who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with Jesus? And um, followers of Jesus, we abide with Jesus. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but with the news of Jamie just passing tragically, uh, that alone can shake your foundation. Um, with everything that's going on in the world, it can shake your foundation. And um, it seems like when it rains, it pours. Uh, just today, I learned of another friend who passed and um, from an accident that he had that uh, finally he, uh, he died from it. And um, it just seems like, you know, it comes all at one time. But <clears throat> our foundation is being tested. And uh, when we... Uh, our actual, you know, relationship with the Lord becomes, we need it. We need to know Jesus because we know that he is an overcomer. He's the overcomer. In him we have victory and that um, we can make it through hard times because we're with him and he's with us as we abide. Um, just a definition of abide, um, it means to remain stable or fixed in a state, to continue in a place, to stay, abide, remain, or continue, where a person lives or stays or abides. It's called his abode, um, his dwelling place. And uh, <clears throat> so to remain, to abide in Jesus is, uh, is to, to stay, to remain, to continue, in him. Um, <clears throat> I would just want to talk about uh, his opening statement. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And when Jesus makes that statement, of course, if you look in the book of John, there's about seven uh, I am's that Jesus says about himself. Uh, last week, we talked about, he, he said, I am the good shepherd, uh, I am the door. Well, here he says, I am the true vine. And when he says that, that is a very 
Very big declaration. Of course, when he makes these declarations, he's saying that he's God. Because God is the I am, right? And so when he says this to the Jews, that would be blasphemous because he's saying that he is God. Um, but he says, I am the true vine. And what makes that uh, statement really stand out is because in the Old Testament, Israel was the true vine, the people of God, the nation of Israel. They were the, they were the true vine. And um, <clears throat> for Jesus to say, I'm the true vine now, he was saying, you've got to abide in me. You, being born a Jew is not good enough. You've got to abide in me. And by abiding in me, you will bear fruit that glorifies God. So he was making quite a statement there. And uh, in the Old Testament, there's two passages of Scripture that I went to. Um, and it's Psalm 80. And I did not give this to, um, to the booth. But um, in Psalm 80, it talks about Father God bringing out the people of Israel bringing them out of Egypt. And it says this in verse 8 of chapter 80. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it and it took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Why then have you broken down its walls so that all who pass along the way pluck its fruit? And then he just says uh, a little further down, Turn again, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine, the stock that your right hand planted, and for the son whom you made strong for yourself. They have burned it with fire. They have cut it down. Uh, they perish at the rebuke of your face. In the, the very last verse again, he says, Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. So this is a prayer that God would restore the vine that he planted when he took it out of Egypt and brought it to the land of their inheritance. And he, uh, he planted his vine there, Israel. And um, of course, he... He uh, forsook it because they forsook him. Uh, there's another prophecy in Isaiah chapter 5. It's a song about the vineyard that, the, that God plants. And he says, let me sing uh, for my beloved. Chapter 5, verse 1. Let me sing for my beloved. My love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a, a wine vat in it and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And he goes on talking about, that whole chapter talks about how God plant has this vineyard, Israel, and he looks for it to bear fruit, to bear, um, to, bear uh, to yield grapes. But instead of yielding grapes, it yields wild grapes. And if you read the whole chapter, he talks about all of the injustices 
that Israel uh, is guilty of. And because of that, God's judgment is coming upon the, the vineyard that he has planted. Um, you know, when you have children, <laughs> you want your, chi your children bear your likeness, right? You look like your mama. You look like your daddy. You look like maybe both of them, right? <laughs> but also you behave like my son. You behave, uh, you, my, you behave like uh, me, right? And so your behavior, your character. And, um, and so God, when he looked at Israel, he wanted, a, he, he wanted them to be holy like he is holy. And, and rather than bearing uh, fruit, in other words, rather than changing and becoming like their God, they, they followed you know, the idols of the, of the nations around them. And so God had to bring judgment. God wants us to bear his image. And this is his purpose, that we all conform to the likeness of his son, Jesus. Um, there's a scripture in Matthew 21, and Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And he tells them, he says, Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. So the Israelites thought they were God's people just by their natural birth. But God wanted a people that had a heart for him and that bore his, his image, his likeness, his character. When he looked at them, he wanted to see his face in them. Um, so uh, for Jesus to say, I am the true vine, now it's important that you abide in me. How many here, when you put your faith in Jesus, when you heard God's word preached, you heard the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ preached. You responded by faith, right? You believed on the Lord and you were saved. And really, your faith, your response to the gospel. I remember when I was saved as a young person, hearing the gospel through my parents, hearing it through the preacher, hearing it through my grandparents. Um, you know, I woke up, you know, I felt drawn by the Holy Spirit. And I believed on the Lord. I was saved, baptized. And um, that, that act of faith is, is your first fruit, really, right? It's your first fruit. Um, and it's faith that pleases God, the Bible says. Um, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when you put your faith in Jesus, the true vine, guess what? You became attached to Jesus the vine. And God the Father becomes the, the, uh, the gardener, is what it says in the passage here. But other translations say vine dresser, husbandman. So uh, God the Father is going to begin to work in your life so that you will bear fruit for God, for Him. And fruit that glorifies him because he's going to begin to work in you to conform you to his likeness.
to his image. Um, so the father says here in this passage, as the vine dresser, he does two things. He removes and he prunes branches. And I thought of a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 that talks about this relationship between the father and his people. He says, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so when we, but because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're his children. We're born again, and now he's our father, and, uh, and we're his people. But he's going to begin a work in you. We call it sanctification. He's going to start a process in you by the Holy Spirit, where and, and by giving you understanding of his word, of the truth, and He's going to start to deal in our lives because he wants us to look like him. He wants us to bear the image of his son, Jesus Christ. What that does, when we know, when we're being chastened, when we're being disciplined, we know that God is our father, that we have a heavenly father who loves us, who cares for us, and he wants us to be like him. Um, it might not seem peaceful or uh, pleasant at the moment, but it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. How many here have ever been, you ever been uh, uh, chastened by the Lord? Discipline. You ever been spanked by the Lord? Well, if you haven't been, the Bible has a name for that. Um, and it says it in the passage. You can read it. But, if we're going to be his, he's going to deal with our lives. Um, I just want to talk about Jesus as the vine and his relationship to the branch. Jesus uh, tells his disciples, he said, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And I've already made reference to this. Everybody here, you put your faith in Jesus when you heard the word preached. You received that word. And what did, it, what did it do for you? It cleansed you, didn't it? It made you whole. It washed away your sins. And it made you a new person. You have a new beginning in Christ. Okay. <clears throat> That's got the red light. So, we've, uh, we're cleansed by the word that, that has been spoken to us. So that it's already started that process. We're saved, our sins are forgiven, and now God is beginning to do a work in us to make us more and more like Him. Um, also with Jesus, it's a two-way street. We abide in Him, and He said that He will abide in us. And He said without Him we can do nothing. We've got to be plugged in to Him or we cannot bear fruit for Him and glorify G uh, the Father. Just talk about the branch 
<clears throat> and, and our lives because of our connection with Jesus. Um, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask what you want, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. And I believe that when we are abiding in Jesus and he's abiding in us, what we want is to grow. And so we're going to ask him for everything we need that will help us produce fruit that will glorify him. And he'll give it to us. Every time your child has a need, they ask you, they might ask whiny, crying, whatever, but you as a parent have a heart, You're, you, are, you love them, you want to provide for their need because it's something they need. If they don't need it, what do you say? No, right? But if it's something you know they need, if it's food, if it's clothes, if it's uh, protection, you're there trying to give it to them because you want them to be healthy and to grow, right? And so that's what our father is like. And he says, whatever you need, ask and I'll give it to you as you abide in me and I abide in you. And um, a lot of times we don't get what we receive because we ask amiss. I remember James 4, 2 through 3 says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And, um, but our Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my, my disciples. Um, and uh, so <clears throat> bearing fruit does two things. It glorifies our Father and it proves that we're disciples of Jesus. Um, and what is the much fruit? Well, I think of Galatians 5.22 where he tells us the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So <clears throat> in abiding in Jesus, without him we can do nothing, but abiding in him we can bear much fruit. And... Um, so we just need to spend a lot more time with Jesus, don't we? And it's easy to get distracted from being with the Lord. I know that. Your prayer time, reading God's Word, being with God's people, um, doing, serving the Lord, it's easy to be taken away from all of that. But make it a priority. Uh, he, we abide in Him, but He's doing His part. He's abiding in us. It's a two-way thing. And he's faithful to do his part. And um, he said he'll never leave nor forsake. He's there for us. Um, so how's the fruit bearing coming? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, I just thank you that um, you love us. And Lord, we sure don't deserve to be joined to you, God. And, uh, and restored to you in fellowship. But you love us so much that you gave your only son to die for us so that we could, Lord, have eternal life, that we could be saved, that we could know you. And um, Lord, what a privilege it is to be, your, to be your people. And God, with that also comes that responsibility, Lord, to bear fruit that glorifies you, to, to put on your image, to look like you. And... Um, 
And Lord God, it just helps us to live a life, Lord, not only for you, but for others. Because it's not about us, Lord. It's about you and about serving one another. And um, so God, help us today. Lord God, just to check our hearts and recommit our hearts to you. If we haven't received you as our Lord and Savior, we don't know that we're saved, that we're connected to the true vine. Today, Lord, we can do that by asking you to come into our hearts and Lord God, to save us and to give us a new life in Jesus and to take our sin away. And God, you can give us a, a new beginning today. And I just pray, God, for those who just need to fall in love with you again, that you'll do that, Lord. You'll move by your spirit upon us. And God, you'll give us mercy and your love and reassurance that, Lord God, we, uh, that, uh, we are restored in you and are, can serve you fully and wholeheartedly again. And I just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.